Welcome to the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. On this podcast, let's step aside from our busy lives to have fun, fascinating, life-giving conversation with inspiring authors, pastors, sports personalities, and other influencers, leaders, and followers. Sit back, grab some coffee, or head down the road, and let's get the good and gold from today's guest. Here's Jeff Pinkleton, Executive Director of the Gathering of the Miami Valley, where their mission is to connect men to men and men to God. Hello, friends. Thanks for joining us again today for another episode of the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast, where we like to talk all things life, leadership, lessons therein. And we love to do that in the arenas of, of sports, of music, of books, um, of leadership, as I said, uh, comedy. And uh, today, I'm blessed. We've had a little bit of time trying to put this thing together and make it happen, but I've got John McLaughlin, who co-hosts the Dadville podcast with Dave Barnes, who's previously been on here with us. And uh, he's a musician in his own right, songwriter, doing all kinds of cool stuff down there in my home city of Nashville, Tennessee. So, John, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I sent you your brag sheet, so you're going to have to talk for 10 minutes about all the things. No, wait, that's... (laughs) I would not do that to you. That's what you do. We're not going to do that. So we um, have we haven't officially done it yet, but we I really am pushing for it. Just it's got to be the right guest. I want them to read their own brag sheet. Yeah, first person. So John, if ten people came up to you and they recognized you, whether it's seeing you, hearing your voice, whatever it may be, break down mm-hmm. in ten opportunities how many people would know you as a musician and what you do recording and performing how many would know you as the dadville guy how many would know you as something else that is a great question i mean probably you know up until maybe three years ago they know me because they know my music since we put dadville out i think it's it's probably you know four people three or four people would know me from the podcast five would know me because of my music one or two would know me because of my latte art on my instagram channel <laughs> there you go i uh, got a i got a coffee the other day at a at a coffee shop here in nashville but it's not not one that i ever go to and i was the only guy in there early in the morning i get my coffee and the barista like hands it to me and she's like hey just by the way i, I love your latte art wow which for those who don't know i'm I have absolutely zero skill with latte art. Like I'm terrible, but I do instructional videos for latte art. I'm amazingly sad that I did not know that. So I need to check that out about you. And because I just booked yesterday yeah. my next trip, which has been a while over the last several years to get to Nashville, but I'm coming in April for the Cademan's Call reunion deal at the Ryman. Which, I just heard about this. Are you are you going? Well, I when I heard about it, I heard it was already sold out. Well, yes. Fortunately, somebody sold me tickets at face value. For, I was trying to get tickets for Monday, but Axis, I won't say much about Axis. They're not easy to work with. So uh-huh. somebody reached out to me and said, hey, I do have tickets for Sunday, which I'm like, great, because the Final Four is Monday, the NCAA Championships Monday night. I don't want to miss that. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather go Sunday. So my wife and I, at least, maybe some kids are heading to Nashville, staying with my folks, my sister, whatever. We are hitting, and you're going to amen this, I hope, Lady Bird Taco, right? Uh-huh. Amen. amen. And what's the coffee shop we have to go to? 
Uh, there, there are a ton. But just give there me the one. Either my, my folks live north of Brentwood, not quite – it's, it's technically Nashville, but they live over there by uh, Old yeah. Hickory Boulevard in 65. Obviously, we're willing to go to Franklin. Uh-huh. We'll go closer to the Ryman. You tell me the one place we've got to hit, John. I – you know, if you only have time for one, I would go downtown and go to Crema. Crema? All right. Yep. We will do our best That's to make one. that happen. But you, one. you are saying go to Lady Bird Taco too, right? I think I've heard you talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Thanks for making our plan. They actually they they also serve crema coffee, but the 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 real crema is downtown. Okay. I have a book, a uh, thick book on my piano here at home, of coffee shops all around the world, and you know like it, it they're they're by country, by state, by city. You know New York's got like you know Bunches. twenty or whatever. I think Nashville has one, and it's Crema. Really? And, it, and this is a book you actually bought or one that you write in? Yeah, it's a book somebody put out of, like, the best coffee shops in the world. So how, how many would you guess you've been to? <laughs> well, that's a good question. I mean, definitely in the States, I've been to... Many. Many. Wow. 30, 40, something like that. Wow. Go for it. Look at yeah. you, John. That's pretty cool. So anyway, so I first got connected with you a number of years ago. This podcast was put out through Rise FM, formerly named something else back then, but they got had to do the name change thing. And you were with 10th Avenue North uh-huh. and you were with Brandon Heath. And uh, I wasn't real familiar with you at the time, but Podcast World has definitely introduced me to you a lot more and was actually going to try, go try to see you. In, you were in Columbus back, I think, like in October last year. Was that right? You were in Columbus, Ohio? I think so. Yeah, but that I, sounds right. I had a conflict, yeah. wasn't able to see it. But uh, you've been, uh, uh, and we'll get to more reasons why this is, but just kind of a blessing to me. And, you know, I, I love much of what your heartbeat is that you get to hear very clearly through the podcast. But tell me, give us your three-minute testimony. How were you drawn to Jesus that was at a young age? And what allowed you to say, I need this guy as my king and savior? Well, I grew up in Indiana. I actually grew up in Anderson, in the, the same town as Anderson University where I went. And I grew up going to church. Like we we started going to church, you know, when I was like five or so. Went to this small little United Methodist church. And so church, I mean, my whole life, definitely through high school and youth group and all that kind of stuff, I always loved church, you know, long before I really realized the bigger picture of what was actually going on it was just a great community with great friends and i i only had great experiences growing up in the church and so it's kind of one of those stories where you know there isn't like a road to damascus moment it's just sort of a slow burn Mm -hmm. and it becomes it's sort of like slowly ownership is taken you know grew up at that united methodist church uh, sometime in high school, we switched and went to like a big Church of God church that had like an awesome youth group. And that was really big for me. The youth group was huge. That's kind of what got me into music and then writing my own music. And then I ended up going to Anderson University. And, you know, music and faith have always been kind of intertwined, especially in those college years. That's where I sort of started to find my voice and you know start writing and writing songs about my life and of course just my faith is going to be just naturally intertwined in all of that so 
I That's love kind of you, the three-minute story. I love how you use the phrase slow burn there. I grew up in a very strong Young Life background, so that decision uh-huh. for Christ, making a commitment to Young Life camp, you know, standing up as say-so was everything. And I just find there's a lot more mm-hmm. people with, and I like how you use that term, slow burn, that it was just kind of a natural, always growing, always moving forward um, kind of thing. Now, one of the things that was interesting about what you said, though, John, um, and I relate real well to this to my two youngest kids, at five years old, you're talking about the importance of community. And I can tell by what you and Dave talk about, mm-hmm. community is very important to you. Has there ever been a time in your life where you didn't feel that way? You know, I mean, if I'm totally honest, everyone has, uh, you know, moments where you feel lonely. And Dave and I actually talk about this uh, a lot that we, I mean, the short answer to your question is no, really. I mean, fortunately, I think I've always had a great community my whole life, you know, and I have definitely been fortunate to have that. But there's, I've always had here and there moments of just feeling lonely. And I think it's kind of, you know, it's probably a healthy thing overall. Sure. Yeah. Well, I just yeah. saw some great quote the other day. I forgot who famous came up with it, but something about if you don't need community, something's wrong. But then if you need it too much, something's wrong. I mean, that's not even close to right, how right. cool the phrase was, but it was like, wow, that's like, there's a great danger either way. Like have and have community at all costs uh-huh. and you can't be alone. and can't spend time with the Lord. It can't whatever. But then not needing it, we all know how dangerous that part is. So, um, yeah. So let me I ask you that. since since podcasting is clearly something we're going to talk about in this. Let me ask you this question, John. When you and Dave, because you've done so many great ones, and you know Tuesday morning, one of the first things I do when I get up is I go to my Spotify account and I'm looking to see, okay, who's the guest that you guys have coming, and you know at some point later I'll, I know I'll listen to it or whatever. When when you get done, when do you go like, oh my, Dave, Dave? Like, this was incredible versus you get done with one and you're like, eh, okay. What's the difference in those two when you know one just killed it and it was incredible, much like writing a song versus when you're like, eh, that happened. It took place. We had a conversation. Yeah. Or have they, have they all been like, no, that was really good? I mean, fortunately, most of them have been like, oh, that was great. Like if we're, you know, because of COVID, we have done a, a lot of them remotely. And so once we're done, we get off the, the Zoom call, Dave and I are texting each other immediately like, oh my gosh, that was so amazing. You know, and a lot of times we live right across the street from each other. So we'll, then we'll get together and chat about it. You know, I will say like, you know, you know, this doing a podcast is more challenging than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. You know, like a lot of times the podcast, at least the formats that are just kind of a chat and a conversation I went into it thinking, oh, this is, we're just chatting, you know, like this will be easy. And it's definitely, there's more of a uh, skill to it that I had to learn slowly. So I think earlier on those early interviews that we did, I would get so in my head sometimes that once it was done, I'd be like, I don't really even know how that went. I'm too, I'm judging myself too much the whole time. So I really had to learn to like, just be in the chat. It's, it's the same as music. Like if you're playing with a, an ensemble, you're playing with a band and you're only focused on the part that you're playing, you, like the, the, the whole is going to suffer for it. As you're playing, you got to be listening to the whole thing and then, you know, hopefully adding to it, yeah. you know? So it's taken me some time to kind of like 
back up a little bit and kind of like see the bird's eye view and in, and it's helped me enjoy the conversations way 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 more so most of the time i we get done you know with a we had one yesterday that just afterward we were like oh, we could have done that for three more hours yeah. like it was so so great well and you guys just play off each other so well i mean i i, I think i made a comment to you in, in our notes before we ended up talking about you know dave dave's so funny where he could just take things totally tangential like the whole time and you have a way of kind of reining yeah. it back in and bringing it together and you know your your humor is a little i mean his is just kind of constant where yours is like you'll drop something out there right. and that was really good and and uh yeah i mean it's fun to think about yeah you guys either texting when you're done or like hey just go to the, let's just look out let, let's meet and talk right now about it or all those kind of fun things that i'm sure happen so let me ask you this if i were to ask amy if your wife amy got on here right now and we talked about John before podcasting and John now, where would she say you've gotten better in relationships through going about this regular exercise of getting a chance to interact and talk with people? And, you know, some of that's planned out as it is, or like I said to you beforehand, I really want to go where Holy Spirit takes it. So um, how are you better as a man in relationship, father, husband, whatever, that Amy would notice a difference in you because you've been doing this for a few years? Man. I, now I'm like, I want to get Amy out here. I want to see what, yeah. what she would say to that. Go get her. Yell at her, tell her to come on. Let's hear it. I don't know. That's a really great question. I mean, I, I obviously I can only speak for myself and where I think that I have, you know, kind of improved um, outside of the podcast. It's definitely given me an ear for sort of how much I'm taking up in a conversation. Mm -hmm. And if I want to know something about someone else, let them talk, which is, that sounds obvious, but it's not always what happens. It's not always what we default to, especially when we're speaking with someone that we respect and we want their respect. A lot of times we can, in our own individual ways, sort of steamroll and sort of sabotage, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm not somebody who, I think anyone listening to this who is familiar with the podcast would be like, John, you, there's, can you steamroll a conversation? You, you don't talk enough to steamroll a conversation. So, you know, it, it happens in my own little ways. But And Dave is so easy to have a podcast with because to do a podcast, you need people talking. You need content. And Dave is a, you know, <laughs> a, a wealth of content. Sure. So I think I'm a, I am a much better conversationalist. You know, I don't want to say interviewer because our 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 format is not so much like a, you know, Terry Gross kind of interview as much as it is just a conversation. But it, but I think that I have, I've slowly made like little baby steps at getting a little bit better at that, you know? Well, probably a better listener, right? I mean, uh, exactly. Better listener. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm going to get to one of the things I think you do pretty well a little bit later, but I've heard you mention numerous times. I think Dave has too. You'll hear somebody, whether it's, you know, again, a, a Kirk Herbstreet and Abner Ramirez and Matthew West, all the many people you've had on there, you will acknowledge something they said or did or a rhythm they have that you're like, hey, I, I need to start doing that or I'll, I want to start doing that. Have you picked up a couple things that you literally have said, okay, that's now happening. I'm doing that now because like I know Matthew West talked about his trips he does with his kids at I think it was 13 years old or something like that. Is there anything you have picked up on that you're actually yeah. implementing in your life over the, the time of doing this? Absolutely. 
I mean, Dave and I say all the time, like if we never like recorded this or ever put it out yep. and just had the conversations, it would be so beneficial just for the two of us as humans, as dads, as husbands. Yeah, a couple of the things that I think about all the time, you know, we we have like sort of like this, you know, celebrity musician, actors, whatever. And then we sort of have the experts as well. And we had a guy named Stephen James on early on. And man, he said, I think about this all the time. It's probably the number one thing if I had to list in order the things that I have learned and have been impacted by. He really opened my eyes to, as a parent, the number of times that whatever I'm concerned about or stressed about with my kids, nine times out of 10, it's probably my own thing mm -hmm. that I am projecting onto them for whatever reason. It's whatever I, totally, yeah. it's whatever I didn't do as a kid or didn't have as a kid that I want them to have or that I did have. And so I want them to have because then that's familiar yeah. to me, etc. cetera. Uh, there was another interview we did with, with uh, Tony Hale, actor Tony yeah. Hale. And he said, he was talking about taking his daughter to the Emmys. That it was, he was up for his second Emmy and he brought his daughter. And he said, you know, this can be, this can matter, all of this, like it can matter. And it also at the same exact time doesn't matter. Yeah. And for some reason, just the way he phrased that and the way he said that, it just, I think about it all the time, yeah. you know? Well, and I think it really made an impact. I think both of you, the one podcast that really stands out to me that I could tell you both were deeply impacted was Kurt Thompson. Kurt Thompson on yeah, that yeah. podcast, you guys both, I thought these guys are taking a week's vacation or going in the mountains somewhere <laughs> or hiking Appalachian Trail <laughs> separately. And they, yeah. they make yeah. come back totally different guys. Was that fair? Anything you picked up off the Kurt Thompson one? Yes. I mean, Golly, Kurt Thompson, we, you're right. We needed to like, and I think we said this several times, like we needed to like build in just like moments of dead air, just so we all can just yeah. stop and just process what Kurt just said. You know, the thing that I think of first and foremost, when you bring up Kurt Thompson, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say Kurt, is his, just his heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he the guy is just the greatest he's such a smart guy and and such a wise human and yet at the same time was able to have like a you know a fun light entertaining conversation with two idiots and you know cried yeah. we all were crying a couple times throughout the hour that we talked I mean, it was just it was just really, really great. Uh, but his spirit, just his, uh, and I think I said this on the podcast, his his connection to what he's saying, and we all know that he has, you know, been on a million stages and done a million interviews, and he's sort of said bits about his book. He's done that whole thing and sharing the knowledge that he has, the wisdom that he has, but he's still somehow able to be so connected to it to the point where it's it brings him to tears oh, yeah. just talking about the love of christ just to, he can't even say it without without crying 
you know and that's such a man you you're just like i want to be like that i want to be a i want to be as affected as as he is every time you know yeah he he's super authentic like i've heard him i know annie's had him on a couple other people i've heard have him on and i'll tell you what he gives me great hope and encouragement because as a fellow raider i'm glad he went to Wright state because i'm like that gives my degree from Wright state a whole lot more credibility that's that's all i know so so let's talk <laughs> yeah, real quick that's true. let's get a little light and talk to me so you've developed this love for tennis i was blessed back in 1982 gosh that was 40 years ago i got to go see john mackenroll that's court. 39 years ago 39 I'm, I was born in 82, so let's just say it's 39 years ago. Okay, well, that sounds better for me as well. Let's do that. We'll say 39 yeah. <laughs> years ago this summer, so I guess that would technically now make it 40. But uh, anyway, he uh, John, McEnroe play, John McEnroe played on center court. I got to watch him play. It's a beautiful sport. Oh, My amazing. sister played in college. So what, what got you going for a love for tennis? Well, when we moved down to Nashville, the house that we bought just happened to be right across the street from a park. And there were tennis courts just right i mean we could like see them from our our front porch uh and a buddy of mine who lived on the other side of the park we would just meet and play just to play you know like i i i'm not a tennis player at that time i hadn't played in forever but i've always kind of liked it you know and and um was just absolutely terrible we would play with the same tennis balls like for months which now now we know like that's not good yeah. you can get like tennis elbow by doing that two inches off the ground it. bounce yeah let's let it hit twice yeah you lose all the bounce yeah. anyway i just got way into it you know i i um i like to you know exercise and and if you're playing a game while you're exercising that's even better 100%. so now i'm now i'm into it um, i've gotten a little bit better i'm not a great tennis player but i but i do love it do you watch it much I do. Yeah, I do. I mean, tennis is kind of like seemingly like soccer. It's just always on. There's never like a, a non-tennis season, you know, it's always on. So you can always be watching tennis. So I try to kind of reserve it to the, the major, the grand slams, yeah. you know. I think it's right now while we're taping is, I think it's this week is when the uh, big tournament's going on in Cincinnati, not far from us. Yeah, yeah. Kings Island way. So you're right. So does that make you're you right. a Nadal Djokovic or Federer guy. I know they're all kind of at the tail end of their career, but who are you uh, digging of those three over the last several years? I mean, you know, Federer to me is kind of like I feel about Federer the way I've, I felt about Peyton Manning. I want it. I want him to win one more Wimbledon, and I mean, I never want him to stop playing. But you always want your heroes to go out on top. Yeah. So I'm like, if he could win one more Wimbledon, if he could have won that Wimbledon final in 2019 that that or was it 2019 yeah yeah okay with he and Djokovic it was yeah. amazing and Djokovic won I mean I'm a fan of all three of theirs you know but Federer is, is kind of my number one you know it hurt to see his his record be broken and then now it's just you know yeah I think between Nadal and Djokovic they're gonna go well beyond see, 20. Federer to me was like a hundred percent pure artist like however it's supposed to look, it's 100% Roger Federer. Um, just I, just like a feather out oh. there, just floating around. Of course he has the look. Yeah. I mean, good looking guy. I mean, has the guy ever had a zit? I don't think so. You know, perfect <laughs> hair, whether it's been long, cut, short, whatever. The headband, the hat, yeah. whatever he does, it's just like, that's what tennis 
for guys is supposed to look like. But uh, Djokovic, when a guy could take some grass from Wimbledon, stick it in his mouth, eat it, whatever. Um, I don't know if you remember this. Amazon Prime was supposed to do a docuseries about Djokovic. I don't know what happened. It fell through, but I was really bummed because I'm like, a docuseries with Djokovic would be very interesting, I think, to say the least. I definitely know the least about him. Yeah. Sort of off the court. Yeah. Yeah, so I would be up for that. Whenever they end up putting it out, I'll watch it. Yeah, he seems like he'd be an interesting guy to hang out with. So anyway, let's uh, let's go back to community. So I know you and Dave, uh, Jeff from 10th Avenue North, I remember is one of your closest friends, the Brandon Heats or whatever. Tell us more about this community. And when I say this community, you define that as tightly as you want. But how is that even better than people might imagine? families going on vacation like you say just doing life together knowing you have mm-hmm. each other's backs being there when times get tough when people grieve i mean i love um i can't remember if you guys i think you guys maybe did have them on or, or annie did but craig cooper and walker hayes that book that's out about them and their friendship called glad you're here i read that book in like a 24-hour period i'm like that who doesn't crave that kind of community so talk about it in your world mm-hmm. and how it's maybe yeah. even better than people think well so we moved down to Nashville, it's been eight years now. And I, you know, I've kind of fought moving down to Nashville. It's the natural move for any musician, you know, graduating from my college, everybody just went down to Nashville. It made too much sense to not go to Nashville. And there was always a part of me that, that didn't want to move down. Cause I felt like it would be competitive. It would be sort of cutthroat kind of thing and I just wasn't into that kind of thing eventually we it just made too much sense and we moved down actually it was after our firstborn came along and I was like uh I don't want to tour anymore I can never leave the house let's we'll, we'll go to Nashville and I'll write for other people and I'll stay home but since I have been here it is the artist community and not just the artist community but just like the the Nashville community as a whole is amazing. It's everything it's cracked up to be. It's everyone is as talented as they say that they are. You can, anyone who, the barista that's making your coffee on any given morning is probably an amazing whatever. You know, like it, it just, the town really is that way. And it sort of breeds this, I don't know if it's that everyone is a, a transplant from somewhere else and everyone's here trying to make their community and that it it kind of makes for this sort of open everyone has this kind of kind genuine openness you know it's really it's great it's amazing and you know my wife is is really uh to blame for a lot of our social calendar she's we're both very sociable and We've got a great church here in the neighborhood, a great school here in the neighborhood. It's it's awesome. I mean, I can't say enough about it. It's really, um, you know, if it's gonna make it really difficult to make any move outside of Nashville. What church are you guys tied to down there? Uh, it's called Midtown, 12 South. It's oh. just right down. It's actually like the, the church that's right next to like our regular coffee spot. Okay, cool. Yeah. Really, I, th- I feel like I've heard about that. I- take me too long to try to figure out why I feel like I have a thought there about 
somebody on staff or something I've heard really good about that. So that's, that's, it's really uh-huh. cool. I love that. Like there was nothing you said in there that was like, ah, it's no, but there's this, that's not really that good. Or there's that, that's not that really good. I mean, just like, like I said, when you talked before we got on here about, you know, like you guys in the barns doing vacation, heading down South this, I mean, it's just, that's, that's super cool that it is that genuinely good. So anyway, let's transition on. Mm-hmm. So I like to do these things called the rapid five. So they're just five quick hitting. What jumps out at you real quick questions that give us some some brief answers that will tell a lot about you so john what is your favorite childhood snack oh or cereal oh cereal is uh golden grams thousand percent that's a great one can't go yep. wrong what about snack childhood snack i don't know if this counts because it takes some prep Ooh. but my mom makes a cheesecake that is Unbelievable. So any any get together, any special event, there would always be a cheesecake okay. to this day. So you talked you you've talked about that in at least one episode, and I think Dave maybe brought uh-huh. it up. So it's really that legit. Like you said, you've even had her. There was something you told in one of your podcasts about being uh, like over COVID and you didn't get to see her, but she was maybe going to mail it. There was something really goofy about that. So it is like that <laughs> legit. Like Cheesecake Factory has nothing on her. Hey, I mean, in my opinion, no. She could open up her own cheesecake factory. <laughs> Hopefully call it something <laughs> else, but there you go. So, John, what is your, and I think I might even know where you would go with this, what is your favorite book you most want to gift to other people? Because I know you gift books to people, so what's your oh, favorite man. one you do like to gift to other people? Man, that is a great question. This is the third question you've asked, and I'm like, oh, that's a great question. When did you want me to, to be a, a third co-host with you and Dave? <laughs> I think you're calling me out. I'm ready. We'll talk to our uh, accountant about that. We'll That's see. right. Um, I'm cheap. You know, I have never. I gotta. I gotta say, I've never gifted this book to anyone. So I gotta say that. Mere Christianity is great. That's a great sort of like book that I try to read on a regular basis. Weren't you? If I remember correctly, was the one book I think you gifted a lot to people was uh, Ruthlessly Eliminate Hurry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That may be the answer. Didn't you give a bunch of those away, if I remember correctly? Uh, Dave did. Dave bought a like a dozen of those. It was like a stack, and he was just giving them out to everybody. But yeah, ruthless elimination of hurry. John Mark Comer. Yeah, that's a that's that's a great one. That's one of those books that that ha- has made a, a big impact, yeah. tangible impact on on my day to day life. Sure. Yeah. I'm actually going out there in September with uh, my oldest son and two staff guys at our church to the conference they're doing out uh, Portland Way in mid-September. I, I will say I'm a little disappointed there, John. You had an opportunity to, to roll with it, and nobody would know the difference if Dave wasn't the one who did that. But you turned around and gave all the credit to Dave that he's gifting him like crazy, and I thought, man, you could have just claimed that one for yourself and said, you know, Dave hey, might have given a couple out, but you gave I would know. <laughs> you know, I would know. I love your heart of integrity. That's beautiful. <laughs> All right, so here's a super important question. You and Amy are going on vacation. Let's say you're driving back to Indiana. You can't make it in a, a non-mill drive, and you guys have an idea of where you're going to get food. And you're like, okay, we're going to try to hit this place at this time, and then one of your daughters has to go to the bathroom 10, 15 minutes before you want to stop. You're like, we're not stopping again. We're doing it now. That exit sign, even though one of these places is probably not here, let's say they just added it. And you see on the sign, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, In-N-Out Burger. Where does Team McLaughlin go? Oh, In-N-Out. Thousand percent. Wow. 
No love for Chick-fil-A. No Nate Bargatze. No Brian Bates love for McDonald's. And everybody else who says Chick-fil-A, you're hands down saying in and out. Well, I, here's, here's my criticism of your question, though. Oh. You're, you're putting something on there that is like, if, if in and out was actually an option, I would have to take it, yeah. right? Now, we, but between the three of those, if we take in and out out of there, and it's Chick-fil-A and, and McDonald's. We go to Chick-fil-A every time. Yeah. What do you, what do sure. you love so much about In-N-Out? I mean, you've obviously traveled and you've hit there numerous times, but what, what hands down gets it for you with In-N-Out? Well, the number one, I mean, In-N-Out is great, but it's also like you can't, you can't get it everywhere. Yeah. So that right there sure. is like, if you see it, it's like, well, I kind of feel like I got to go. I've already got some sunk cost in this scenario here. Yeah. I got to go. That you was know? me in Phoenix. My wife and I went there for like our like 10th anniversary or something like that. And I wasn't even really hungry at the moment, but I'm like, I don't know if I'll see this again. So we went and just for me to get That's my right. in and out, get my burger and move on from there. So, hey, John, we're going old school. You're flipping channels, you and Amy, or you by yourself. Girls are in bed. You get to watch whatever you want. And you stumble across this movie. And you don't care how many times you've seen it. You're like, I'm going to keep watching it. What is that movie? Man. You know, I'm going to say... Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm going to say Back to the Future 2. Wow. If that's on, I'm going to watch it. Now, maybe that's top of mind because I had a recent situation where I was home. It was Amy was out. I was with the girls, and I was so pumped to have movie night. And I'm like, and I I always in that scenario, I always want to watch like a nostalgic movie for me. So I'm like, I think it's time. I think let's do Back to the Future 2. And you might be thinking, why wouldn't you start with Back to the Future 1? But I'm like, this might be a tough sell. So I'm going to go with Back to the Future 2 because it's more futuristic. And I think that might keep them engaged. Right. Uh, And we started watching it and it was too confusing. I had to explain to them like, well, why is it? Are they in the like they're in the future? Okay, I think they got that. But when they go back to the past, why is the past different now? Because someone from the future went back and changed the future. It got confusing, so we had to stop. So now I just, I think it's just the part of me that's like, well, I want to finish that movie. So did it stand the test of time (laughs) at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, so it's been a while. So I just went to Montana uh, on a father-son trip with some guys and some of our sons, and on the way out there. And then coming back, I decided to go old school and check out Beverly Hills Cop 1, Beverly Hills Cop 2. You obviously have to skip through some stuff, but I'm like, that movie, stay, both of them, stand the test of time. Eddie Murphy at his absolute best, his relationship with Taggart and, uh, oh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Judge Reinhold's character, I forgot. It is so good. Did you get into Beverly Hills Cop 1 and 2 at all? I never did. Maybe you heard about 3 because 3 was terrible. <laughs> Well, maybe the rumor maybe has it they're coming it. out with four, maybe, but one and two off the charts. I'm going to encourage you. You know what? That makes me want to change my answer. I'm going with Tommy Boy. I didn't even think about it. Uh, Tommy Boy. 100%. Something about you made me think you might say Tommy Boy when I asked you that question. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Now I need to go watch Beverly Hills or um, Back to the Future one and two again. So, last question, John. What is your favorite, most favorite trendy clothing item? that you most bought into? When it was cool and happening and popular, you're like, I bought into that clothing thing. Uh, hammer pants, oh. thousand percent. 
Wow. And how tall I are you? I had the most ridiculous parachute hammer pants, multiple pairs. They looked ridiculous. How tall are you? Five, eight. No, you're not. Yep. Aren't you t- I thought you were taller than that. Okay, so that makes me feel better because I think hammer pants on like a guy who'd be like 6'6 or something like that. I didn't think you were 6'6, but I'm like, that would be a little good. Yeah, you got to be a little medium to shorter side to kill it on a hammer pants. So so you like MC Hammer I don't know well? that I was killing it, but I was, oh, I was way into hammer. Oh. My uh, my friend Tyler Meacham and I, we would we'd have like matching hammer pants. We would, we'd be like, hey, you're going to wear, are you wearing the green ones tomorrow? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, a couple years ago, I can't remember if this was during COVID. It must have been before COVID. MC Hammer did a concert after a Cincinnati Reds game at the Reds Stadium. And I heard about it like two days later. And I was totally bummed. I mean, I think uh-huh. it rained even. And he's still out there doing his little, you know, uh, can't touch this dance routine in the rain. And I'm uh-huh. like, I would have paid big bucks to check that out. And it was free after I would Reds game. I would love to see that. Oh. Okay, you have an image in my mind every time I think of you now. Let's get the gif, let's get the meme, whatever. John in the green hammer pants. That will not yeah. get out of my... Like the Boston Neo, Celtic neon green? Neon green, too. Neon. See, I pictured yeah. you like the, the Boston Celtic green. No, no, no. Neon. Yeah, we needed, we needed flashier than that. Wow, that's crazy. Hey, I'm going to skip ahead because we got a lot more we could talk about, but I got to got to get... To, I'm going to have to throw in a quick question. Tell me this. In your music career, start to finish, zero to 100 scale... Where do you think you are right now as far as creativity, as far as more songwriting to go, as far as music to put out, touring? Where do you think you are in your career arc if you had to, I mean, you don't know, but if you had to guess, where would you are? What's getting you really fired up in the midst of what you're doing in music right now? Uh, This is going to sound forced and uh, cliche, but I feel like I have never been... Not never, but this is one of the few times in my, you know, 17 year career that I, I mean, I've been writing songs at a clip that I haven't in 12 years, Wow, you know, uh, and I've, I've been doing pop stuff, but I also started this series called mood. That's all kind of classical bass. I, I grew up playing classical stuff. So. I have a genuine love for for that kind of music, and so I I put out Mood One, Mood Two. I'm working on Mood Three right cool. now. So between the two, it's a great balance. Where if I'm kind of hit a wall on the pop stuff, I move over to the mood classical stuff for a little bit, get a little bit of a break. But yeah, just kind of out of nowhere, it's sort of like I feel like I've hit like a nice balance with the podcast and the writing and all of that, where I'm just seems like every couple days, every week or something, I get a new idea for something. And then next thing you know, boom, we got a new song, which you would think happens every week, but it doesn't. Well, it sounds like you're in a stage of kind of continually thinking recreation and and how you're doing things. I like that there's a shift that you can go from one to the other. I think about like uh, you guys had on Bear Reinhardt and thinking, where is he the lead singer of Need to Breathe versus where is he Wilder Woods? So that's kind of neat. You got Uh those two kind of things juxtaposed against each other. Yeah, it's nice to have a break, and you can still have a creative outlet. Yeah, but it but it gives you a little bit of a break, a little bit of variety. Yeah, I think that's cool. important. Well, I got, I got two great questions I want to end this with. So, guess what they might be? How do you want your daughters? What do you want them to know? 
and what would you like them to say at your funeral? I hope I'm not breaking any copyright. Great there. questions. You're going to get a letter from our <laughs> attorney. But That's right. I, the one thing that I want them to know is that they are loved exactly how they are. And I think it's hard for us human beings to really believe that fully. You know, it's hard. I, I should just speak for myself. It's hard for me. It's kind of one of those things where like you, uh, you can sort of like conceptualize it in a moment and then you go throughout your day and you kind of veer toward, you know, works based living, you know, having to prove something, having to achieve something, etc. And I really want them to believe and know that they are loved by me, by Amy, by Jesus, exactly how they are, and then go from there. So what, what do you want them to say at your funeral? Um, I want them to say, man, he was the best dad in the world. That's it. The way you say that and the look on your face and even thinking it through, a lot of times we, I've always said, we'll say the flip, most flippant things like, you know, uh, she's, my wife's the hottest woman in the world or this or that, and it's not even close to being true. You sound like the way you said that, like you want it to be true, be said because it was true, period. Right? Let's hope. Nothing wrong with that. John McLaughlin, you've been great. If people want to know more and find out about you with all the many things you got going on, where is the best place for them to go? Uh, best place to go would be my website, J-O-N-M-C-L.com, JohnMCL.com. And then the Dadville podcast comes out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Yep. Our friend Barrett Ward is on this week, uh, who I actually just saw this morning right before I came out here. We were having coffee. He... Uh, it's it's a great episode. He's a, he's an amazing guy. Super cool. Well, John, I appreciate yeah. your time with us. I appreciate your investment in me, making me a better man, making me a better leader, a better follower of Jesus, and uh, look forward to hopefully chatting more down the way. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me on. This was really fun. Very cool. Thank you for joining us on the Pinkleton Pull Aside podcast. You can reach Jeff at gatheringmiamivalley.org or find us on Facebook at The Gathering of the Miami Valley. Join us again next week for another honest and rich conversation. The Rise FM Podcast Network.